0: From the News Talk STL studios in St. Louis, it's the Right Mind Show with Todd Showalter. On tonight's episode, who won the fourth Republican presidential debate with political trivia savant Rich Rabino, And then the true meaning of separation of church and state with Dave Robertson and the Right Mind Studio band Mitch Murphy and the Murphy Tones. Now putting the fun in your dysfunctional world. Here's your host. Todd Showalter. That's, that's still not Christmas music. That's still not Christmas
1: music. What is he slacking? Is he? I mean, seriously. Because what I, you know, I said you know I'd, I'd give him a snack or something after the show if he would just play a little bit of Christmas music. And that was again was just a the theme song.
0: Is he mad? Is he mad at us? Mitch, come on. Quit playing with the elf on the shelf. He's not get even – you
1: won't even turn around to look at us. Okay. I'm not going to get – I'm going to keep us in the holiday
0: spirit here. You you were mentioned. you said your grandmother listens to this show, right? Yeah. She's a huge fan. She's uh, over uh, in Indiana, and she's got dementia, so every episode is new to her, and right. she is oh, so always so finding oh, us I funny. I like
1: that. I like that because you're right. It does, it's all fresh. Mm-hmm. Now, let me ask you something because I was wondering about this because, I, I, again, I mean, I'm not supposed to bring up my wife too much
0: today, so I won't, but I will. What, what do you call your grandma? I
1: mean. Do you call her grandma?
0: Grammy. You call her Grammy. I am in my 30s, mid to late early 30s, okay. and I still call her Grammy, and she won't respond to anything else.
1: What, what What is it with these people that come up with these names like, oh, I call her Mimi Momo. I mean, who wants to do
0: this? The kid has a speech impediment when they're zero years old, and that just follows you for the rest of your life. I don't want to be named by an infant. No. I want to pick my Grammy name. Who is this? Is this is my big
1: boo boo. No, it's your grandmother. What, what the heck? They you come know out what? saying,
0: like, caca, and you're like, and then you're caca for the rest of their life. I need your opinion on this, okay? Mm-hmm. Now, my,
1: okay, my son, TJ, and his wife, Elise, have told me, and they, they mean this sincerely, uh, sincerely, that when they have children, which will make it, I'll be a grandfather, but they want to call me, get this, and I love this, chief Chief. That works. I, I mean. like it because it's. I love the strength of it. And also it's likely to offend a bunch of people. It's, I, I liked, I liked, it's like a double, a double win for me, but now get this. I said, I'll be Chief. That's great. And so my wife says, well, what are you going to call me? And I said, well, why not Squaw Maw? Okay, mm-hmm. and you would have thought I just – because I could be chief and you could be Squamaw. No, there is no way you're going to call me that. And A big stink I, – I, I'm not supposed to bring that up on the air today, and I just did. But so now – it so rhymes. Gonna, it's so, perfect. It's Squama. What is wrong with that? We are not allowed to do it. We're it not sounds allowed, like she grandma. Really got, she really got upset. She really got mad. She said, I'm not, I'm, I'm not even going to claim them as my
0: grandchildren. It wasn't racist until the the both of them were together. Chief, right. you know, that's Chief, kind of Chief, vague. Then like Squama, like, oh, you're canceled immediately.
1: Well, now it's going to be like Chief and Mimi Moo Moo. <laughs> and these
0: poor kids. And what are you going to do? And like, oh, this is my chief and Mimi, me, Mumu. Me, What's something that's still Native American, but then you know, like, not that offensive. Squamaw. Bison. We'll what call it offensive. In. I didn't
1: think is that offensive. I don't. I don't,
0: I don't think so. We're how about
1: a, totem pole? I like that. Oh, chief and totem pole. I like that a <laughs> lot. It reminds, oh, peace pipe. That's it, peace pipe. She brings the peace. You know. Oh, yeah. okay That could be neat. Yeah, I like that a lot. Hey, you know what I saw? I went to one of these, uh, I mean, have you put, first of all, have you put up your holiday uh, decorations yet? Because I have.
0: The only thing I've done is I've told my color-changing light bulbs with my voice, I told them to change to red. Oh. That's all I've done, and that's perfect. That's all I need to do.
1: Well, I've got something better. Okay. Because I saw one of these, these arts Show uh, whatever the th- these things are. What do you call it? It's, it's not like uh, what do you call it? it's not like Home Depot. They they have these special stores now for like you know stuff all women
0: like. I like, assume like a Pier One, a Home Goods. It's bigger than if it's that, all on the floor. Then is it it's a Home a Marshalls. Goods.
1: Well, they have like a two hundred foot inflatable Santa. Yes, and I love it. And I said, okay, this would really get me in the Christmas spirit if we could put this. It's bigger than my house, mm-hmm. and I we could blow this up and put it in the front yard. And you know what? I'm not allowed to do it, not allowed to do it because apparently that would be embarrassing.
0: I would love it if he had an arch between his legs so every time you came out, <laughs> oh, oh, oh. you'd see the mistletoe Here above you. Santa Claus. Santa's yeah, little berries, that, oh, and then you that, just kiss
1: the wife. That could be. You know what? Speaking of not being able to
0: do stuff, you said, what? Well, you just got a giant television, didn't you? I can't get that either. That was the Christmas present to me and the girl. We both went half-seas on a 77-inch TV. Now you call her the girl. I call her the girl because we're not legally married, but we don't live in sin. I mean, we don't feel guilty about I'm it at call, all. That's
1: what we could call. Oh, oh, and I could be Chief and the girl.
0: Yes. Oh, that's a good name. What you do when you buy a TV from BestBuy.com is when you pull up to do curbside pickup, don't show up in your sob, okay? Because they will get really mad at you and say, get the hell out of here. Really? They're not even going to try and take it out of the box in the styrofoam to make it fit in your trunk (laughs) with bungee cords. They say, go get a truck. Luckily, there was a Menards right across the street, picked up a truck, came right back, but you pay by the minute. Yeah. When you get a Menards truck, so I'm hauling ass down the highway Yeah, you are. Oh. TV almost it flew fu- out the oh, back. Oh, it almost flew out. It didn't, though, right? But I had one hand out the window, and I was holding on to it, so oh, that's good. Oh, okay. Well, I wanted
1: a giant. Because I saw one of those at Sam's, and I said, I want one of these giant televisions. And again, I got, we don't need that.
0: The wife doesn't understand hobbies can include things that are like... A TV, a thousand dollars, but they wow. want the old one to break first. Well, exactly. there's a
1: lot of things that you don't need that mm-hmm. you have, like like a dishwasher and stuff like that, or, or like air conditioning, or like you know, an appliances, or a roof. I mean, but why? I mean, who gets to pick what you need and what you what what you, what you don't need? Every
0: I mean, week she goes on her hobby and she collects slices of bread and cheese, and then does her favorite thing. She hands out sandwiches to the kids. Why exactly. can't we get
1: TVs? That's what I said. I, I well, and then now. Uh, She's not talking to me. Yeah, Boy, I'm doing really well for not bringing her up on this show.
0: <laughs> I know. You guys are going to have to get some sort of intercom system in the house so you can yell at each other from separate rooms.
1: Yeah, uh, I tell you. Do you have Christmas carolers in your neighborhood? We have some people that dress up and they think they're really being fun and, you know, nostalgic to show up your, at your front door. And I, I mean, and singing Christmas carols. But I've got one of those ring <laughs> ring yeah. things. And, and so they don't. I mean, sometimes you'll get people from other neighborhoods that don't know who lives there. Yeah, so they'll show up and you can talk. Can you talk through your ring? Cause I yeah. Yeah. And my and I say, go away, go away, and they're oh, he's not in the Christmas spirit. But
0: I get such a rush out of the it. The last time I opened the door to Christmas carolers, carolers, yes. I got served. Yeah, oh, it did? was a it was a trick. Oh, I ex girlfriend was trying to sue me for back rent. And then are they, you serious? No, I'm not serious. Oh, that would have made a great story. But that, though. don't you think that'd be a great way to get people to open the door? You're a Christmas caroler, and you're like, hey, are you Todd? Yes, you've been served. See ya. <laughs> That
1: reminds me of when I was in prison. No, I wasn't. But I'm sorry. That's another thing I'm not supposed to bring up. Not that I ever was. I have she... been to
0: prison, actually. Have you really? Missouri State Penitentiary. I was there, too. They do ghost tours and let people film movies there. I was yes. working on a TV show about genealogy. Oh. And this celebrity, very famous woman, she's on Sex and the City. You have one in four guesses, but I'm not going to tell you right. which one. I was working on that show. Her great-great-great-grandma was like the first woman ever in the Missouri State Penitentiary. Yeah. So we went there and just imagined the atrocities that happened to her. Oh, I bet, yeah. And it was freezing. We brought in a space heater. But it was so cool to take pictures where terrible things happened. Oh, no, and it is rather frightening. It was my profile picture for a long time. I bet, because
1: they let you sit in that gas chamber. Yes. I know. that. <laughs> on the line now is my dad's favorite, which I'll tell you in a second, Rich, Rich Rabino. How you doing, buddy? How you doing, Rich? Doing good. Doing good, Todd. Thanks, thanks so much for having me on. Okay, well, yeah, I'm glad you're on for the sake of my dad because you know what he says. He says to me like, "Hey, are you going to be doing the regular stupid stuff? Or are you going to be having that rich Rubino on?" Because like, <laughs> I, I like to listen to him, but the rest of the stuff I could, you know, really take with a grain of salt. So, thank you for being on for my dad's sake. Okay. He, I, okay so you got I, it. I appreciate it. Hey, well, on another note, there was a there was a debate on a big debate on Wednesday night, wasn't there?
2: Yeah, I heard about that. I heard about that. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Well, it was it was pretty fiery too. I personally liked it. What was your take on it?
2: <laughs> yes, it was fiery indeed. Donald Trump, of course, was not there. Um, it was very fiery. And I think that Nikki Haley kind of bared the brunt of the criticism. She handled it relatively well, but she was getting broadsides from really all directions. Um, Vivek Ramaswamy was going out to her for just about everything, including donations she's taken and actually held up a piece of paper at one point saying that he was cor- that she was corrupt. If you noticed, actually, at the end of the debate, when they were all exiting the stage. Nobody went over to talk to her, to him, right. rather. They all kind of said <laughs> he did say kind of bye to Ron DeSantis very quickly, but he kind of left and he kind of went in his own accord. So he's basically appealing to a completely different constituency that does not like the Republican Party, where it's going. Specifically, he, he talked to foreign policy. He keeps kind of he keeps going after Nikki Haley and comparing all the other candidates, essentially, to Dick Cheney. Dick Cheney represented the status quo anti, if you will, of the Republican Party, the status quo. I guess before the current status quo, and then you had Chris Christie um, in his position of defending Nikki Haley. I think he kind of came off almost as almost altruistic in a sense. He says you can disagree with you can disagree with her, but she's not by the century. She's, she's essentially she's honest. So There's obviously some friction between Chris Christie and uh, and, Vivek, and Vivek Ramaswamy in that respect. It was interesting too just to see that there were only four candidates on the stage, so I think you really got more of a forum and you got more of a debate. I think News Nation in general did a great job in that. I mean, kind of letting the candidates go after each other, putting the take, letting them take the gloves off uh, somewhat. And Chris Christie, I think also his basic message is that Donald Trump should be there. He's kind of the Chris Christie and Vivek Ramaswamy. They both basically have a very distinct message. Chris Christie is essentially on the anti-Trump candidate, whereas Vivek Ramaswamy is essentially on the anti-current Republican status candidate Um, against basically every candidate on there. And I'm also against the um, current foreign policy regime and Ron DeSantis. I thought he did. Okay. I don't think he really did himself any favors. It wasn't necessarily any sort of a knockout blow for him. Um, but he, you know, he, he, what he really needs because he really needs to come in second in Iowa to show that he's kind of the comeback kid. I didn't see that from him.
1: Yeah. You know, and you bring going back to Vivek, I mean, uh, I, granted, she did pretty much take Nikki Haley's knees out. But at the same time, he did bring <laughs> up some points that I really wasn't aware of that I think did do some you know uh, damage to her. I mean, the whole thing about having to use your name on the Internet and things like that and how she was getting uh, funded by BlackRock. I mean, I think some things were brought up that, organ- that are going to be valid uh, in her continuing her campaign. Do you not?
2: Yeah, absolutely. And the BlackRock is certainly part of it. She obviously – it was a cost-benefit calculation for her. On the one hand, she needed the money, and it shows credibility. It shows that the Koch brothers, for example, they're looking for an alternative to Trump, that it's going to be her, and it's not going to be Ron DeSantis. So in that respect, it benefits her. The other side of that, when you're taking money from groups like that, the immediate question is, does that mean they're going to be beholden to them? Um, just like, for example, did she make money off when she, when she was working – Vivek Ramaswamy's has brought this up before – is Nikki Haley part of the military-industrial complex? Does she work for Boeing, that type of thing? Right. So it's certainly, a, it's, it's a message that can be used against her. I think for her, she figures, I'm going to get a lot more mileage out of the money that I'm actually taking, I am taking, I can actually use this, and I can be seen as having a lot of gravitas. But on the other side, you're going to take criticism from people who are saying that you're beholden to those interests, and that if you get elected in day one, that you're you're essentially going to, be, um, going to be almost in servitude toward them.
1: Yeah, exactly, and, I, and you, you you see that happening. I mean, they they'll promise one thing, and then on day one, they actually go in a different direction. Well, go back going back to Christie, I kind of got a kick out of him because. Along with, you know, in the very beginning, almost being ignored. I mean, just his whole demeanor, just kind of leaning on the podium. It's almost like he needed a drink and a cigarette in his hand or something like, uh, (laughs) like, hey, Megan, thanks for noticing me type of thing. Do you think I mean, I again, I mean, he seemed to be kind of like the, uh, you know, the the room mom, so to speak, trying to, like, you know, calm things. But do you think he's going to be And I mean, is this it for him? Do you see a future after last uh, actually Wednesday night?
2: Yeah, I do see a future for him. I think in part, I don't think he's going to do well in Iowa. Iowa is a very evangelical state that's not meant for him, but I think he's waiting essentially for New Hampshire. And I think that he's going to be in New Hampshire. some, I think he's actually, for him to do well in New Hampshire essentially means he's going to have to be in third place. He's going to have to defeat either Ron DeSantis or Nikki Haley. And I do think there's a chance that he's gradually cramping up in the polls, in part because he's the quintessential candidate that plays well in New Hampshire. Somebody that's from at least sort of from the New England region. Whether it was whether it was someone like a Paul Songus or an Ed Muskie does done well there. Mitt Romney's done very well there, so he does play very well there. Now, is he going to be any, any? Is he going to go further after that? Probably not. But remember, he does not have a day job, and he can essentially spend the rest of his time campaigning because I don't think Chris Christie, when Chris Christie got in the race in 2016, it was to win it. This time around, I don't think he unless he's completely delusional. I think in his mind, he thinks that he's going to be the person that's going to be there to essentially bloody Donald Trump more than anything else. And that's his basic goal in this. Now, that's his goal in this. If it's not to win, then he can stay in until the very end, and he can just keep on making – he can keep on um, sending that sending that message. It's like last time around, Kelsey Gabbard on the Democratic side, she knew she had no chance of winning, I think, but she basically stayed in until the very end because she was more about a message than she was actually – um, trying to win.
1: What would the strategy of that be? I mean, if, he, if if he's just in it to, you know, discredit Donald Trump, I mean, what would be the point of that?
2: I think because, well, there's obviously something there personal between the two. Um, and what it is, what, what, how exactly it precipitated, I don't know. The story is Trump certainly, Trump ran against them in 2016. They're very bitter rivals Then Trump. You, Chris Christie was really the first Republican. This is a time when, Virtually no members of Congress, Chris Collins from New York was the first one, and then Duncan Hunter from California had endorsed him. Chris Christie was the first presidential candidate to come out and to say, I endorse Donald Trump. So there was certainly an alliance there. Chris Christie helped him with debate preparation. He helped him. He helped to solidify his support with some kind of wavering members of the Republican establishment. But obviously something happened while Donald Trump was president between the two. And Chris Christie is basically making his life's mission in this campaign to do everything he possibly can to make donald trump's life miserable um now if my guess is in that respect he's probably can if he if that's his message and he can essentially stay until the end now theoretically he could there's no there's a group called no labels and no labels is trying to form a bipartisan ticket right the thought is it's going to probably be joe manchin of west virginia and somebody else or perhaps larry hogan the former governor of maryland i guess theoretically he could do that. He could run, and then he could say the Republican Party has left me after Donald Trump wins the nomination, just like John Anderson did in 1980, and then theoretically run on the New Labels ticket. Um, that might, that might be the only—that might be, if he does have some sort of an agenda, that might be what it is. Well, do
1: you think uh, this time around, like, an independent candidate actually has a chance? I mean, you look at the poll numbers and things like that, and, yep. you know, obviously, you know, Biden, uh, you know, isn't doing too well. But apparently, like, when some younger people are polled, they say between him and Trump that they would, you know, go Biden's way. But if you bring another candidate, another independent candidate in, then Biden's a nobody. So, I mean, do you think— that's actually,
2: uh, you know, viable this time around? If there's ever a time for a third party candidate, it's this time around. Because if you ask people who if you ask people their views on Donald, Donald Trump and um, Joe Biden are both well under 50 percent approval rating amongst the American people. And the chances are that's going to be a nomination, a presidential battle between the two. And in politics, if there's ever an opening or an aperture, somebody comes in, it's usually a third party. The problem with third party candidates, at least ones that have been very formidable in the past, is they do very well until the very end. When, can, when people tend to come back to the two major parties, look at George Wallace in 68, for example. He was at about 25 percent, believe it or not. In October of 20, 1968, he landed up falling. He landed up falling by the wayside and only won a few southern states on the, de- the day of the election. Um, 1980, John Anderson was at of 25 percent at one point. He fell and only garnered 6.6 percent. Ross Pro was actually winning at one point, then dropped out and garnered about 18.9%. So the message here is if you're a third-party candidate, you have to make the case that it's not a wasted vote and that you're not only helping somebody, you're not essentially helping somebody else. Now, third-party candidates are going to come in many forms this time around. On the one hand, the big one fear Joe Biden does have is there are two that are running to Joe Biden's left. Cornell right. West is running as an independent, and particularly on the Israeli-Palestinian issue, there are many who are, many young voters specifically are very... Angry with Joe Biden for his for his, for his support of Israel. Many of the Israeli government, many of those may go potentially toward either Cornell West, the other one is Jill Stein, who's running for the Green Party nomination. So that's a big fear for him. Now, on the center, and usually if you go back in history from Theodore Roosevelt to Ross Perot, centrist third party, they're usually the ones that do the best. And there is where no labels potentially could, with somebody, whether it's Joe Manchin or Chris Christie or Larry Hogan or even Lynn Cheney having a bipartisan ticket. If they can make the case that it's not a wasted vote, then potentially I could see a scenario where they actually do win. But here's the problem. You need 270 electoral votes. And if it's a three-way, if it's a three-major cancer actually winning electoral votes, then it's going to essentially go into the United States Congress. And the United States Congress is controlled currently by the House, by, and at least in the, in the Senate, is controlled by the Democrats, barely, and the, barely by the Republicans in the House of Representatives. And they're certainly not going to... Um, If this is after goes to electoral college comes to the Congress, they're certainly not going to choose a third party candidate. So that's the problem. They have to win. If they have to win, they have to win those 270 electoral votes. They can't win by a plurality.
1: Right. Right. Well, yeah, uh, going back to the debate uh, Wednesday night, I keep saying last night, what um, do you think
2: anybody actually hurt themselves? Uh, hurt themselves? I think Ron DeSantis only hurt himself because he certainly had, he certainly didn't necessarily do badly. But I think that Ron DeSantis hurt himself because he needed a knockout punch. A, po- a year ago, Ron DeSantis was almost tied with Donald Trump, believe it or not. Now Ron DeSantis is just in some states is in single digits. He's losing in his home state of Florida by 41 points right now. He needs to come in second place in se- second place in Iowa, second place in New Hampshire. Right now, Nikki Haley is ahead of him in both of those prospective states. He did not do that. He now that now interestingly, there are going to be two – CNN is just scheduled. Two more debates, one of them in Iowa and one of them in New Hampshire before the Iowa caucuses and before the New Hampshire primary. So he has a little bit of time, but he actually needs a knockout punch. I think it's very frustrating for him because I think he was hoping that Donald Trump would actually be in the debates from the beginning, and then he could essentially go mano a mano with Donald Trump. But Donald Trump is not in those debates, and Donald Trump is sitting at 50, 60 percent of the vote. And um, as long as he's not in the debate, you can go after him. You can say, why aren't you here? You can say, you can say you're a coward, everything else. But the bottom line is... If you're going to try to get into that 50, 60 percent of the vote uh, that Donald Trump has, you're not going to do that without Donald Trump on the stage. Well, playing the
1: Hunger Games, who yeah. do you think is the next one to drop <laughs> out? <laughs>
2: um, well, Doug Burgum dropped out. Uh, he did? Dropped out yes, Doug Burgum has dropped out. Um, yeah. I, I, um, I'm so sorry to tell you that. Um, well, yeah, I
1: mean, <laughs> I'm shocked. I'm shocked. I mean, yeah. wow. I mean.
2: I thought he, I thought he had the nomination wrapped up myself, but uh, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I thought he was waiting for the all-important North Dakota primary to put him over. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I,
1: I couldn't <laughs> believe it. Flabbergasted is the only thing I can think of. Yeah, but uh, so he's out. <laughs> Anybody on that stage uh, on Wednesday night? You think, who, who, if you had to pick one, who do you think next is next in the line?
2: I don't think either of them. I, I guess I would say I would I would probably say Ron DeSantis if he does not do well in Iowa. I can see a scenario where he drops out in part because I think the people in Florida are going to get kind of um, fed up with the fact that, he's visited all, fact that he's already visited all 99 counties of Iowa. They're going to say, we, you know, we elected you to be governor of Florida. Why are you spending so much time in other places? And I think his job approval rating is going to sink because he spends so much time outside of the state. They're going to say, are you an absentee governor? That's going to be a criticism. So I think if he does not come in second place in one of those two, he'll drop out. But Vivek Ramaswamy, he has no incentive to drop out. It's not that he has some sort of elective office to actually go back to. I don't think he's actually necessarily in it to win it. He's more in it to send a message and he might be playing the long game as well to either try to become chairman of the Republican National Committee or potentially he's just trying to to meet benefactors and donors so he can run for governor of Ohio in 2026. Chris Christie, he has no incentive to drop out because I don't think he's necessarily in it to win it. Nikki Haley is probably the least likely to drop out. The only way I think she would drop out is if she really um, underperforms in Iowa, New Hampshire and then polls show when it comes to South Carolina that Trump would embarrass her in her home state, then that's the case. Then I think it's probably an incentive for her to drop out. But uh, right now, and As- Asa Hutchinson, you know, it's interesting, the former governor of Arkansas. Um, I don't know why he has not dropped out, other than the fact that he just sees, maybe he just likes the process. He He's likes the running, around. he likes the campaigning. I,
1: I didn't know he was even still around. I mean, he, I think he, he just likes the I think he just likes the process of running maybe. Oh, I guess so. I'm Okay, here's the most important question of the day though. What are the three provinces provinces of Ukraine?
2: Uh oh, that was the one that um that yeah. was I know that was the one that Rav Ramaswamy had asked the question of um Nikki Haley, and they didn't give her a time to answer, but I don't remember what, what he said.
1: Right. Well, I was thinking when they did ask that if anybody would know, it would be you. But I'm not going to put you on the spot like he did. Well, hey, speaking of that, uh being I mean, you're in the you're in the spotlight a lot. I mean, every, you're doing a lot of national stuff. Is that? And I want you to be honest. Is that a direct result of the being on the Right Mind Show?
2: Categorically, yes. <laughs> categorically no no question whatsoever right okay. it looks great and it looks great on a resume when you say i'm on the right mind podcast absolutely well that's just it and i thought well you know i
1: mean it's only a matter of a time because because before you become such a huge star that you're gonna have to you know let my dad and all our listeners down and just say no i'm too big for you but i don't know
2: <laughs> I, I, I will never i will never say that i'll continue to come on and um and in deference to your dad. Oh, okay. Well, I appreciate that
1: because you are the official political commentator and trivia expert of The Right Mind Show. So I want to thank you for that, my friend. Well, as always, it's been a blast. I mean, we're going to be talking a lot more in the coming months, but uh, for
2: now, thank you. And I'm so sorry to have to tell you about Doug Burgum, but um, I, don't well, know, I don't know what thing. you're going to do now, I,
1: but the hardest thing is I've got to find like a razor blade to scrape it off my his the bumper sticker off my car because uh, <laughs> I thought he was going like the full distance. And now I don't know what I'm going to do. So anyway, you know, you got to do what you got to do. Well, thank you, my friend. Thanks for. Thank joining you so me. much. All right. Thank you so much. Thank you. And that's Rich Rabino, Joey on the right mind show. He's always a wealth of uh, information and he's entertaining. And I don't think he's gotten, uh, you know, he didn't sound like he had a big head. Did, did
0: did you think so? No, I think his audio quality is getting too good. Actually, he's going on these TV shows now, and right. I liked it when it was more scratchy and you know parents yeah. were yelling you, at him you, in the background, and
1: you had like you know crashes and dogs barking and things he like. Sounds that. professional. I know now he's. I think when I think he got all that from us, I really do. I think a lot of people said, "Oh my goodness, you were on the Right Mind show. Mm-hmm. We've got to have you on our national audience." Yeah. You know, who else gets excited over being on The Right Mind Show? That's our buddy who helps remodel and fix homes. You know who that is? What's Ah. Uh, uh, it's on the tip of my sound, tongue. It, it reminds Jimmy, with Rick. Rick. It remi- we just had a, a Rick
0: uh, R- 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 Rubino. R- R- no, that's Rich. Rich.
1: Rich, rich Rubino. we're close. Rick were pl- Bernstein. Rick Bernstein. That's right. And you know what he does? He He's not a political trivial guy and also a commentator. But... He builds house. No, he doesn't build houses. He fixes houses, and he does remodeling and stuff like that. If you've but got he's really Doug good
0: bumper stickers all over your walls and stuff, he could refinish that wall. He could sand it down. I'm going to need him it. to
1: do that because it's not a bumper sticker, but it's a giant portrait of Doug that I drew mm, <laughs> on okay. the kitchen wall that I'm going to have to get rid of. And I'm going to have to call my buddy. Rick Bernstein at the Bernstein Remodelers because whether you need something fixed or remodeled or an addition or say you want a deck put on your house just for the holidays to show your your family and friends that you're too busy to host a party, Mm -hmm. Rick is the guy to do it. And not only that, he fixes stuff along with his staff that's very well trained. And what are they also? Cordial, cordial, and well, cordial and polite. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a double right there. They they remodel uh, bathrooms, kitchens, basements. They do room additions, and most of all, our big one. They uh, move walls. They relocate walls for you, and they also fix things, whether it's plumbing or electric or anything broken around the house. They can do it. I want you to call my friend Rick Bergstein if you have any of those issues you need taken care of at three one four three two four three zero two four call rick at bernstein remodelers at 314-324-3024. when we come back we have more fun and mayhem on the way mitch may play a christmas carol but we can't promise that i'm todd Showalter along with my buddy joey v on the right mind show we'll be right back
0: coming up next on the right mind show with todd Showalter, we get an update on questionable content in our libraries with dave robertson
1: Hey, it's Todd Schulte from The Right Mind Show, and we've got breaking news. For the holidays, liberaljoke.com is open for business. What is it? Well, it's got all the things that you're not going to find in the store, and they're kind of offensive. And guess what? Joey V is our new store
0: manager. When you buy one item from liberaljoke.com, a Joey V in need gets one free. Please help the community give back. Buy something from liberaljoke.com. A Joey V really needs your help today. And please do. His eyes are bulging out of his head as he says that. He look, it really looks
1: pathetic. So I've got a liberal. Liberaljoke.com. That's liberaljoke.com. There's funny t shirts, mugs, you name it. Again, stuff you're not going to find in the stores because it's too offensive. And wear one so you can be canceled. And by the way, if you are canceled, there is a cancel this t shirt at liberaljoke.com where you can say hi to Joey, who's now the store manager.
0: Thanks for not shoplifting. Goodbye. Welcome back to The Right Mind Show with Todd Showalter on News Talk STL. And now a man who is so good-looking that when he drops off undeveloped rolls of film at the one-hour photo place, they finish in about two and a half minutes, Todd Showalter.
1: Now we're back. on Todd Showalter along with my buddy Joey V. Mitch back there, I think he's practicing Christmas carols, but more importantly on the phone right now is my good friend Dave Robertson. How's it going, Dave? It's going very well, Todd. How are the St. Louis Patriots? I should have said that earlier, that that is what you run. You have a a network of groups that you manage, like being the Paul Revere of St. Louis. Uh, How's everything going with the St. Louis Patriots?
3: It's going well. I I do want to mention I've taken a little – it's a hiatus from that the last uh, couple months. Okay. Because I had had a, a major construction project at my property. So I haven't been doing I do emails but not as much but I I plan to resume that shortly. Okay, well we're not going to hold that against
1: you because you have other things to talk about today that I'm really interested to hear about. Uh, tell you you you, yeah. you wanted to bring up uh, you know the separation of church and state which sounds like a dry subject yeah. but you've got some interesting twist on it. Go ahead and tell us about it.
3: There's a lot going on now immediate concerns in our country, but I've been thinking a lot about this, this idea of separation of church and state and the Christian church in this country. And I recently, uh, I read a book by Eric Metaxas, which Mm -hmm. is called A Letter to the American Church. Right, And in it, he, um, it's an amazing book, but he basically, he looks at the the church in, um, the Lutheran church in Nazi Germany in the 1930s and what they were doing while the Nazis were coming to power. And the interesting thing is, while there were some churches that stood up to the Nazis very openly, and there were other churches that were very openly pro-Nazi, most of the Lutheran churches remained silent. And the reason they gave was, we are a church, we don't want to become involved in you know, government or political, we just want to preach the gospel. This isn't our, our job here to talk, comment on, on what's going on in the government. And we all know the result of that, you know, World War II, um, seven million Jews dead. Uh, and what he says is, you know, he sees a similar thing in today's Christian church in this country and this idea of don't bring politics into church. And I personally have been, have been on the receiving end of that from a lot of Christians in my own church, even who say, don't, don't talk about political things. And it sounds really good, but I've come to the realization that this is perhaps the the real, the heart and soul of our country's why our country's falling, is this misunderstanding of that. So that's, I could talk more about that, but that's kind of the introduction of it, what I've been thinking about.
1: No, and you're exactly right. I think one of the major problems we have in our country today, or possibly the world, is that people have made such an effort to remove God uh, from our lives. I mean, they want the government mm-hmm. to be God. And I think that's, uh, that, that's gonna, that's, you're gonna, the demise of a society is pretty, can happen pretty quickly when that happens. And I think we're seeing more and more yeah. of it um especially on the liberal side uh in fact you know I've joked before that I've never seen a uh, seen a happy uh, atheist okay or, or anybody that's <laughs> or a, a cheery atheist yeah. I think there's a reason for that but I think from a uh, as a country as a whole you know I think we I mean we were built uh on on Christian values and I think right, right removing god is is not only ridiculous it's damaging
3: mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I agree on both those counts Yeah. uh, And this is what's happened in our country. And it, unfortunately, a lot of Christians and many conservative Christians are confused about this because I was confused about it. I grew up thinking, oh, yeah, you know, church and state are totally separate. But if you think about it, the realization I've had is I have a friend who has a line of questioning. He says to someone, he will say, you know, do you believe murder's wrong? Say, I do. Do you believe there should be laws against murder? I do congratulations, you're now mixing religion and politics. Any system of government, any law, has to have some um, some kind of belief system behind it. And so it, it's just a total farce that you can think, oh, we have a government, but there's no religion in it. Like, the fact is, our own government is a Christian form of government, meaning it's based on Christian principles. And the, the real issue with that, you know, with Eric Metaxas' book was where the church should have been standing up and saying, this is wrong, you know, the Nazis wanting to, to make, uh, unequal laws for Jews, or Jews are disappearing, or this idea that this, the, this, uh, racism really, that the, 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 um, what is it, the, the, I'm forgetting the name now, but, but, but the race, you know, that the Aryan race is superior, that, 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 that is, is, is biblical, is wrong. And they didn't stand up. And I see the same thing today in the Christian church, when Christian churches should be standing up and saying, you know, childhood gender mutilation is immoral and open border is immoral. Instead, what these churches do is that they shut up about that and they try to go after anyone who brings that up. Oh, don't bring politics into church. That's not political. It's moral. And it's. I think that's destroying our country Like on a long term. All these things are these these are symptoms that are happening. That's really at the root. The Christian church will not stand up and and make a make us and and call out these things.
1: Well, and I totally agree. In fact, on the flip side of that, I mean, I'll be uh, totally candid. I mean, I left. Uh, a church yeah. I belong to, um, because it, I don't know if it was a numbers game or what it was, but they, yeah. along with not only saying and uh, not saying anything, they openly welcomed a lot of these things that oh. were going on <laughs> yeah. that, you know, yeah. I don't know if it was like, oh, well, we have more members now, but I, it was totally corrupt. And I mean, hmm. I, I couldn't hmm. deal. And so it was a matter of. I, you know, I'm an accepting person. I don't care. I mean, you can do whatever you want. You can be whoever you are. Mm-hmm. Just don't tell me I have to be like you. And I think, you know, mm-hmm. when it comes to your church, though, when it's you're there for a specific reason, you have certain beliefs, and they're certain you're following the Bible, um, and when you throw things in people's faces that go against that— um, I mean, mm-hmm. what is this all about? So I, there's, a, there's a flip to that, uh, but I agree with you. I think there I are certain things, and even now you look at what's happening. I mean, it's literally out of the Bible, things that are happening. Mm-hmm. And so you can see it happening, and we're in spiritual wars now, whether you people want to admit it or not, and we have to realize where what, what our foundation is, don't you think?
3: I agree, and I, I agree that we're in a spiritual warfare, and I'm, I'm trying to get Christians to realize that. I think it's scary to a lot of people because they just want to think, Oh, this is politics as usual. And it's not. And what we're seeing in this country, I believe is a, is an open spiritual warfare. Um, a lot of these issues, they're not just, Oh, there's two sides to that. No, one of them is a side that's aligned with the Bible and the other isn't. And I, I like what you said too, about churches that go the other way. Um, you know, actually support unbiblical things. It's it's just puzzling to me, and that that e- has even been a challenge in my church. And uh, you know, these um, the, the to me those churches are like in in Nazi Germany. Uh, apparently, some of the churches actually had you know Nazi flags. They flew Nazi flags um, at their churches. And Unbelievable. I, yeah, yeah. So it's anyway. It's just kind. It's something I've been thinking about, and just I've had some time to to. Just read this book and other books about those kinds of things. And that's the point of history is to be able to go back and look at it and say, what are the lessons we're not learning? And I think that's a big lesson where the Christian church should be standing up and saying, look, these things are wrong. They're like an open border is immoral. It's not just a political issue. It's immoral for a number of reasons. Um, so that. I don't know. That's that's what I've been pondering recently. Well,
1: and and the thing too, I don't think people understand is that a spirit from a, a Christian standpoint. You know, people think, well, if you're a, a diehard Christian, you're walking around, you know, singing kumbaya all, all the day all day long, and that's just not the case. I mean, I mean, I'm I'm deeply Christian. I'm very spiritual, mm-hmm. but I, you know, I'll fight like hell. I mean, I so I mean, I, I mean. I don't think Jesus yeah. just laid down and like let people walk all over him. I mean, the thing is, you have to you, you had you have to fight the battles, otherwise, you're going to lose what you stand for. And I don't care what that is, but especially especially yeah. on a Christianity Christianity. And a uh, God standpoint. I mean, I'll will fight harder for that than anything. Well, my friend, yeah, speaking of things that are also pathetic, you were going to mention yeah. uh, <laughs> our, our in our area of Saint Charles, Missouri. Their libraries—they're fine with having pornographic materials. What's that all about?
3: Apparently, and so yeah, I wanted to give an update on that, and I also want to say that I'm not the expert on this. There's a woman, Rachel pomolak who has been very brave in speaking out there. So she is the one that has the most up-to-date information, but I wanted to give a heads up to people. So yeah, the St. Charles County Library and City County Library system, it turns out they have a, a guy dressing in drag who works in a children's section of a library there. Wonderful. Um, and yeah, that's one. I'm sure people are just love to hear that. And they also, um, they found some books, which frankly were pornographic books that were in these libraries, some of them on like a lower shelf so that, Kids can, can, uh, would easily be able to pick them up. Um, and there's a guy who, who was hired by that library system to be the executive of it. I think it was about three or four years ago. He came from the Chicago area and he is actively promoting, um, as far as I can tell, you know, supporting this drag queen, uh, refusing to get rid of these books. It seems like he's, he's very proactively, um, you know, celebrating and bringing in an LGBTQ agenda. Um, I also know, and I don't live in St. Charles County, but I occasionally go to the libraries there. And when you go into the libraries there, you're, you're hit pretty heavily with the LGBTQ feeling there, things people wear there, signs. Um, the, you know, I, it seems like there's a number of transgender employees working there and so on. Um, so that's something I wanted to make people aware of.
1: Well, you know, I'm not by any means. I am not a prude. Okay, you know me. A lot of people know me. I'm you know, I like dirty jokes. I like any you know, I'm I'm a I'm a pretty rough guy. I mean, the thing is, but there are certain things just from a common sense standpoint that are just ridiculous. And when you have children, okay, you don't let children see rated X movies. You don't let them go see rated R movies, okay? But for for some reason, oh no, we we gotta let them have these these pornographic books. What type of idiot thinks this is normal? I mean, I just don't get it. And the thing is, you know, if you want to be a yeah. uh, whatever you want to be and go look at dirty books or whatever on your own and you're an adult and you're, you're not bothering children, fine. But when you put it like a, like you just said and you make it accessible to, to children, whether it's in the school or a library, what is the point of that? I mean, are you just an idiot? I mean, I don't understand. It's like common sense went out the window. So, I mean, again, I, by any means, I am not a prude and I'm not like, you know, yeah. I, I'm, I'm certainly not a, all pure. But I mean, I certainly know, you know what's ridiculous and what's not. And if anybody... I mean, yeah. I, I, mean it, I don't know. I don't even know what Where Again, you can talk about that in the school room, uh, classrooms and the libraries, whatnot. But, I mean, certain things are just, you know, black and white. I mean, come on. There's no gray here.
3: Yeah, there's no gray. And, and I agree with what you say. You know, people have a right. I mean, they want to do what they do in their house. But yeah. this is in the libraries. And I think the point of it, you asked what the point of it is. I think the point is they're actually grooming kids. They're trying to normalize. It's it's not just someone who's crazy. I think they're actually trying to normalize pornography for kids, um, possibly pedophilia for kids, and because that—that's they want to normalize it to make it accepted in our society so that it it happens. So I I think there's an agenda behind it. Yeah, it's it's just crazy. And uh, the interestingly, the the state um the the jay ashcroft the secretary of state they have a they have um a statement that where you can have books eliminated and um and actually that th- they don't allow for uh you know explicit books in the library um unfortunately when we bring that to the attention of the library there they don't take any action and the other thing about it is th- the state statute as far as i can tell it's not binding and unfortunately the people who decide on what's appropriate are the libraries themselves. So it's kind of a problem of like the fox guarding the hen house. um, They're the ones, if you have a problem with a book, you take it to the library and then they themselves decide, oh, is this appropriate? Well, if they put it there to begin with, they're probably going to think, oh, it's appropriate. Um, But I, I do know there's funding, the state funding is attached to that. So we can go after that, the funding that the libraries get from the state then that may change things. And the, the other thing I wanted to mention is there's uh the the St. Charles uh, County Council, the uh, executive Steve Steve Elman, the mayor is of St. Charles is Dan Borgmeyer. They right. have passed a resolution that doesn't support these books. So the more pressure that can be exerted on Dan Borgmeyer and Steve Elman to actually follow through on their resolution the better.
1: Well, if I went in there, I'd just throw it away, you know, and so they could find me or do whatever. We want. That's just stupid. And, and what what other time period yeah. would anybody, I mean, again, I always, I, I think as we move further along, if we still have history books, this will be you know, the known as the the the, the years of absurdity, when all logic yeah. and common sense went out the window, because in any other period of time, and the, we wouldn't even be talking about this, but it's absolutely <laughs> ridiculous. I mean, it's, it's, people have lost their minds and, uh, you know, that's all I've got got to say about that but all we have agree to say, with you, Todd. we just say no yeah. we say no well we're about out of time my friend you're always a joy to have on i look forward to the next time is I there appreciate any, it. you bet it do you want anybody to reach out to you or uh, you said everything's kind of on hiatus yes. right now but uh, well
3: it, it's coming back it's coming back it was okay. just, I, I was involved in this it was pretty much an all-consuming project um construction project but sure. uh um and it, it does take time to do that I don't, I don't get paid for it it takes time especially to compile the calendars so, um, what I do, what I was doing was try to send out a weekly calendar of events. I will, I will say, if anyone wants to join the list, you know, again, um, you can, is it okay if I give my email or absolutely. phone number? And sure, can,
1: absolutely, whatever you'd like to
3: do. Okay, so, yeah, if you're interested in getting on this list, it's called STL Patriots Events. Email me at dwr at That's spelled S-T-A-N-F-O-R-D a l u m n i dot or you could text me at three one four nine one five seven nine nine nine
1: all right my friend well thank you very much that's uh dave robertson with st louis patriots events uh we'll be i'm todd Schulter along with my buddy joey v and mitch is getting ready i think to do something we'll be right back right after this
0: Coming up next on The Right Mind Show with Todd Showalter, Admiral Andy tells us if sailors are allowed to celebrate Christmas while on the submarine. Welcome back to The Right Mind Show with Todd Showalter on News Talk STL. And now a man who is so childish that he's the reason they started calling them toddlers, Todd Showalter.
1: And we're back. I'm Todd Walter live with Joey V and Mitch in the background getting ready with his bells and whistles or whatever the heck he's doing. And oh, you know what that is? I hear the ship or the submarine or whatever the heck it is on the line now from somewhere under the deep sea or maybe just a highway is Admiral Andy. Admiral, what is up? What? You know, now that you dropped, no, you didn't drop out, you flunked out. Now that you flunked out of school. What are you doing with your time? <laughs>
4: Uh, absolutely nothing. I, I want to be a, uh, a, a true, um, I, I'm thinking of moving to California and getting a tent,
1: a tent. Okay. Let's get a tent. That's great. Okay. The real reason that we called though is a little bit more important than all of this chit chat. Joey wanted to know that on submarines, do they celebrate Christmas? I mean, I keep it clean of course, but do they celebrate uh, Christmas on the submarine? <laughs> uh,
4: yeah, in a way, sure. I mean, we recognize it, but, Watch standards still have to stand their watches and the, the ship still has to do its mission. So.
1: Right. <clears throat> do, you, do you ever like to was there ever the time like, you know, like especially during New Year's where you thought, well, hey, this would be really neat. Why don't we blow up Finland? You know, and just like a big old oh, <laughs> nine, eight, seven. And they do the countdown. And boom. You know, have you ever thought of doing anything like that? Or was that just a little bit too much?
4: Yeah, no, I can't can't say that I have actually. Um, and uh, now I can see why they didn't allow you to come into
0: the military. Gotcha. Mm-hmm. Okay. Now, how you, did you stay close to home during Christmas? Like, if or or did people send you gifts, or what do you do to keep the spirit alive on the boat when it's Christmas time?
4: Yes, the spirit alive. It's It's, um, Eggnog, it's very difficult, right? No. Uh, well, you know, some decorations. Uh, nothing too crazy. Uh, because, again, you remember, it is a ship of war, mm-hmm. uh, outdoing uh, missions of national security and, and importance. So um, you can't have that kind of stuff getting in the way in case you need to fight the ship. Like what? Um, yeah, really? However.
1: Yeah, go ahead.
4: What? However. Uh, yes. Because that stuff's highly, highly flammable, most of those <laughs> decorations.
1: Really? Do you have a tree? I mean, does a tree go up in the submarine? Any water around stockings? Um,
4: so, so submarines... Because of the nature of our mission, we don't get to have regular correspondence with our loved ones back home like, like normal people do. Oh. Um, there there could be literally weeks at a time that go by that you don't have any correspondence. Oh, that's um, convenient
1: because you don't have to buy anybody gifts. <laughs> well,
4: this is true. And, and secondly, there's nowhere to go to buy any gifts. But um so we would do, they had a thing called sailor mail.
1: uh, Sailor mail? You would get
4: batches. Mm
1: -hmm.
2: You would get
4: batches of email. Um, So what what my wife and I would do is in the subject line, we'd put the the date and the time that we were writing that specific email because you could literally get 20, 30 emails in a batch at a time, depending on what we were able to transmit and receive.
1: Oh, wow. So there was nothing really urgent like you didn't say, hey, you know, like uh, months earlier, I think I left the water running like in the bathroom. And then now, you know, the house is <laughs> flooded. So there's no urgent things you do, right?
4: As a matter of fact, oh, wow, I don't know if I can say that. Um, there, the, the emails are screened and there is uh, there are certain words that are flagged and, and reason being is um, – If you're actually on a mission of national importance, you need Seaman Timmy over there to be concentrating on his job and not worried about, you know, Sally Sue back home hooking it up with the plumber,
1: if you know what I mean. Okay, so wait a minute. So Seaman Timmy with Paula Sue.
0: This is getting good. It sounds like even if there were divorce papers in this email, they (laughs) would hold it back (laughs) because this guy is on an important mission. Seaman Timmy would be all upset. Yes. Oh. Yes. Admiral Andy, I look at you in a different way. You had a really hard job, and I know we joke about it, but I'm so grateful for what you went through and, just how much, how hard it was. And I'm glad you're retired now, but I, I admire everything you did.
1: That was a serious part. Oh, of the thank you, sir. That, mm-hmm. that was a serious part. And, and me, I, I don't, I don't, you know, I just think you're just a normal guy.
4: <laughs> I am a normal guy. <laughs> just a civilian uh, well, dirt some, sailor. Some would say I'm abnormal. Yeah, you that's know,
1: true. Can I ask you a personal question? When you take Alma the dog for a uh, a walk, do you say it's time for your active duty?
3: and then she salutes yes
1: and then you have a bag to pick that up well this segment has really been the highlight of the show i want to thank you uh for being with us admiral andy and i you know i hope that you don't get any batches of email with some bad news in it later on
0: it sounds like they held them back years they're like years ago andy can't deal with this even after he's retired we're not going to give him these emails until he's on his deathbed
1: wow yeah this is an email from 1924 uh... wow geez
4: it's my agent purple that's kicking in whenever i hear
1: about it well you know? if you have agent purple you got to talk to Seaman timmy about that that's a whole nother story oh, we won't go oh, down that God. road okay my friend well thank you so much for joining us from under the sea
4: thank you gentlemen we'll see y'all next week thank okay. you
1: all right <sighs> I'm exhausted, Joey V. Have you had fun today? I've had fun today. We've talked about a lot of deep things. You know, seriously, like, uh, you know, all this subject matter and things like that that seem so
0: cerebral and intelligent, sometimes it just wipes me out. The only way we can relax from all of this stressful talk is for to go take our group photo. Yes. We're going to go over to the Funny Bone because we're in Westport now. We are in we're Westport. We're going to go to the Funny Bone, pretend that we actually just got done performing and yeah. there was a round of applause. And then we'll post <laughs> that picture everywhere and say, oh, man. Sorry you missed the show it was sold out and everyone will believe us
1: Oh that's right except you know actually cuz I have performed there and I do pretend like people were clapping Mhm that's just because I they really don't actually clap
0: I heard you fell down on the stage because you were doing some sort of physical comedy and you you pulled your <laughs> I back out get up. <laughs> and you, I couldn't get and when up. you got back up they applauded That's right my wife was really worried
1: she <laughs> she said oh my gosh he's down on his hands his knee, hands and knees he's not going to get back up that's a whole nother story. Yeah. Well, we'll share that for another time. Mm-hmm. But I guess Mitch isn't going to play any Christmas. Oh, maybe a little bit. Maybe little a little slide whistle maybe. caroling. Okay. Well, thank you, Mitch. Maybe next time. Well, I've had a great time. And I hope everybody listening's had a great time because uh, if you're not, well, hey, this was free, wasn't it? <laughs> In the meantime, I'm Todd Showalter along with my buddy Joey V on The Right Mind Show. And like I always say, if you don't have a right mind, you don't have a mind at all. Till next
0: time, bye-bye. Thanks for tuning in to The Right Mind Show with Todd Showalter. To find out about all things Todd, go to studiotod.com. We will see you next Saturday night at 5 p.m. right here on 1019 94 Newstalk STL and always streaming online at NewstalkSTL.com.
1: Hey, it's Todd Showalter from The Right Mind Show, and we've got breaking news. For the holidays, liberaljoke.com is open for business. What is it? Well, it's got all the things that you're not going to find in the store, and they're kind of offensive. And guess what? Joey V is our
0: new store manager. When you buy one item from liberaljoke.com, a Joey V in need gets one free. Please help the community give back. Buy something from liberaljoke.com. Joey V really needs your help today. And please do. His eyes are bulging out of his head as he says that. He look, it
1: really looks pathetic. So I've got a liberal Liberaljoke.com. That's liberaljoke.com. There's funny t shirts, mugs, you name it. Again, stuff you're not going to find in the stores because it's too offensive. And wear one so you can be canceled. And by the way, if you are canceled, there is a cancel this t shirt at liberaljoke.com where you can say hi to Joey, who's now
4: the store manager. Thanks for not shoplifting. Goodbye.